I V M. So this is a very interesting episode of advertising is dead or episodes because we're doing a bit of a double header here for this week and next week because advertising is dead as a show is going on a bit of an extended break you know i recently exited the world of advertising and giving this show as well some time off while i do other things including think fast which you should definitely listen to if you don't listen to it yet and to kind of finish this off and almost before you go for the break what i'm actually doing is i'm having a conversation with the two people this whole show started with amit and kavita from ivm podcast um over two episodes we're going to talk about everything from the podcasting ecosystem how it's evolved the advertising space and how that's really changed and a lot of other stuff including for some reason real estate developers but we'll come to that at a later point but till then moving to my chat with amit and kavita Welcome to a very interesting episode of Advertising is Dead. It's almost 4 years since this show started and 4 years ago around this time I sat with two people in this room and that episode never came on air. So I decided <laughs> let me get this two those two people back in here uh, while we have a bit of an announcement for the show we're taking a bit of an extended break. Yes we are but uh, I think we did wind up doing an episode. Yeah, we didn't did we? an episode. We did an episode much later ah. but the pilot of the show yes. in 2018 was this weird debacle where if I remember right Amit you spit hot coffee yes i did and i only asked questions and didn't give any perspective so that was the very canned pilot that never went on air that is correct and then we eventually went on to record other episodes but um, i thought it's only fitting to like before the show goes on a bit of a break that i do this episode with both of you for this episodes rather we're doing a bit <laughs> of a two part two part finale isk I don't know what to call this finale esque thing. I'm not pronouncing things at all. Like, <laughs> what was the word Amit that you used before this uh, thing started? Which I, uh, I didn't get, which I, I couldn't pronounce. Oh yeah, what did I say? I don't remember. It's okay. We'll go ahead. <laughs> Words just come. The word, the, the word is dead. Uh, but <laughs> I thought, you know, what would be a good way to start is that I remember 2018 around the time when the three of us had that chat about starting advertising is dead, mm-hmm. and I remember the podcasting space. Then I wasn't a podcast listener. I literally heard work life by Adam Grant then and mm-hmm. now. he's renamed that podcast thrice it's in his third iteration for what that show's called but uh, if you look at that time to now and especially both of us this is like literally like so much of life how has podcasting changed uh intensely i mean uh, our traffic growth is ridiculous from then like it's not even the same it doesn't even feel like we're talking about the same thing right in that sense the uh, the interest that we're seeing from different people who want to kind of play in this space the kinds of things that are going on it's just I, you know i mean like i've never been a fan of like you know either the formulation it's mm. the next best thing mm. or the next big thing that's mm. always been something which annoyed me because <laughs> i mean like you know nothing is the next big thing yeah. everything is a thing is it going to beat video it's a thing yeah. this is a thing that is a thing all of yeah. these things are a thing right nothing yeah. is the next big thing right and so i feel like though what we are starting to see for sure right is a degree of maturity in the space we're starting to see people treating podcasting as a real part of their media consumption diet i mean mm. like we're starting to see research that we have done research that's coming from other places to see that you know i mean like this is no longer like you know it's not like a bunch of elitists mm. going and listening to podcasts made out of new york and washington dc and london mm. and stuff like that you know there's like real stuff happening yeah. here yeah yeah how is that i think this lockdown was you know really really 
important in a way that I felt that what earlier Amit was mentioning that the change in how people are consuming this, right? So and I also feel like, you know, at that time, you know, four years ago, I mean, you know, it was a really big subculture story. I think now we're way and like leaps ahead of that. I yeah. think today, the fact that, you know, we're not just uh, speaking specific genres or niches within, you know, the kind of shows that we were developing then. I think now that we're doing, I mean, we're producing shows that just actually are scaling a certain way. They're being heard by just many, 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 many more people. And I feel like, yeah, the whole subculture to counterculture story is real. And that's an interesting point, right? When I think back from that time to now, and, and it was always considered to be this indie thing that people do. It wasn't part of the mainstream, like you said. Even the way you created was necessarily, it was like a fun side gig for most of us. Were like, let's sit and have a conversation with something you want to really talk about. Let's talk to interesting people. But over time, just not just how you create, but how you look at it, how you look at each piece of content, how you see that extends across onto social, across platforms. I mean, when monetization, everything else is still, I think the second, third step, but actually just the way we look at the creation process and the audience process. These are actual shows now. It used to be just a podcast. Now it's an actual show. Maybe that's really the shift there. I never considered anything just a podcast, right? I mean, like is there true. is a, the idea that something is just a podcast, I think is reductive to the effort that is goes in from both the side of the host mm. as well as from our team, right? I think that, uh, see, see, here's the thing, right? I think that one thing that we can realize here, right, is now you've been in the space for a while mm. and I'm sure that you see the kind of numbers that we have in the podcasting space, right? Yeah. They so punch over their weight when it comes to what you see in any other space, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the influencer-ness or the influence you generate as a podcast host compared to any of the other kinds yeah. of things that you do, right? 10 times, 20 times traffic, still nowhere close to the same kind of influence that a host has on their audience, right? And I think that that's the thing that was always there, right? Like whether it is somebody like Cyrus or you or Anupam or Sheila Ditya or any of the other hosts that we have, so many of these guys, uh, so many of these guys, women, etc., Gaudi, all of them, right? I think that what we do see in all of these cases is that this is something that is real in, like, like this is real. This mm. is not, and even when the numbers are smaller, yeah. Right. When we were doing Cyrus back then, I think our numbers were like 10% of what we were today. Right. I mean, like they were literally like it was single digit thousands, right. In terms mm. of the number of downloads per episode, we're much, much higher than that today. Yeah. Right. But even back then, Cyrus used to get called out for the podcast more than he used to get called out for other things. Mm. So I think, you know, there's definitely a, it's always been, it always punches above its weight yeah. in terms of that. There's a lot more depth to it. Right? There's, I think generally, if, if you're a host or a creator on a podcast, there's a certain depth of connection you have with your audience, which is, far higher than what let's say just a pure visual medium has any time had Kavita you mentioned the pandemic and I think that's an interesting point right is that I think one of the few categories of content that continue to just kind of create at scale a uh, pandemic was, uh, was a podcast because you just needed a mic uh, at most I think what earphones is what uh, everyone used I, we have jumped from everything from I kind of remember the first time we had to do this in the pandemic what was it we, we did zoom we did <laughs> I thankfully had a mic at home I was one of those few yeah. people who had a mic at home so I was, I was fine but yeah that must have been like a period because what did that period change how you looked at the entire podcast creation process I think it changed the way we looked at our business I think mm -hmm. just entirely I feel like for all that initial you know I mean preciness around let's get into the studio record this in you know high quality sound and in all of that and then clearly in a week's time all of that went out of the window and we were mostly just stuck with all regular equipment at home yeah. and at the same time I feel like we went to chasing guests all over the world yeah uh, 
you know, which access, I initially yeah. uh, thought that, you know, it was important for people to be here in the city and, you know, to have uh, the time to come into the studio to chat with hosts. But I think the fact that we just went out absolutely global on that aspect, I think just changed the way mm. our conversations were being heard. I just think it made uh, hosts relatable, right? No, um, I think it does, right? So one is the fact that you are doing stuff in like non-perfect conditions, right? In mm. terms of how you're creating yeah. it, right? But beyond that, I think a lot of what happened in the pandemic, at least for us, right, is this kind of shift to the importance of video as well. Mm. Because the second we're starting to do Zoom recordings or whatever other software platform you use, right? But the second you start doing that, you have the video. Mm. Now you're just being foolish for not putting it out, right? Yeah. Why are you not putting yeah. it out now? Yeah. And then you start improving it and making it better and making it better and making it better. But it, um, it one of the big things, at least in my mind, right, is that this kind of shift from a podcasting first company or an audio first company into an IP centric company, right? Mm. Where we're now thinking of all of our shows as IPs. Mm. And how can we turn that into or how can we put that in front of people in as many ways as possible, right? I mean, like, uh, how can you do every single thing out of it? It definitely change that's come through this yeah. you know it's interesting you say that right is putting the camera on mm-hmm. i remember early pandemic period there was a guest who was very nervous to be on camera so the pre-chat we had was with cameras off mm-hmm. kind of got him comfortable with that part and then switched on the camera and he's like can i just leave it off do you need my face i feel like you don't need your face you just put it off but i feel at some point just bringing that ease back i think there was an ease to the studio you come into the studio talk low pressure you didn't have like like now we have cameras around but didn't have the cameras around and stuff like that but it took some time to get used to that and then you also had people from home like you mentioned I remember recording with Vineet and Vineet would randomly have like stuff happening in the background all yeah. the time like uh, <laughs> that was part of the environment and the experience <laughs> of any recording with Vineet in that sense of the word but I think that also made a lot of us really look at our craft mm-hmm. do you see craft having really improved because of just people creating so much more and understanding podcasts a lot more? I think craft increases just by doing more podcasting, hmm. uh, especially conversationally, because one of the challenges in conversational shows, right, is when to interrupt, when not to interrupt. Hmm. From the host perspective, I'm a regular guest on many shows. So from a guest perspective, knowing when to let somebody go and when to kind of, okay, yeah, this is a point to jump in. Because also, you know, if it becomes tilted, if it becomes one person talks, second person talks, one person talks, Mm. second person Mm. talks, that also becomes tilted, right? Mm. So how to kind of navigate that piece? That is something that I think that just comes through experience, right? I think the fact that you had to do it through a screen instead of on Mm. in person meant that your skills needed to develop to the point where you could identify hints which were a little more subtle. Yeah. And you had to basically, you know, you had to trust that you were right with it. Yeah. Whereas in studio, you know, I mean, like if somebody is getting bored or doesn't want to listen to what you're saying, you can tell that they're slumping a little bit or, you know, there are body language cues. I can tell you that that doesn't happen on video. It helped me not be a bored host. When my guest was boring, I will not name the guest. But I'm very happy to be at home. I didn't didn't have to see my body language at all. Uh, but also, I asked the craft question also because this the formats have just evolved. Right? I remember that the early days there was... Largely conversation, maybe a few individual hosts, but now there's there's so much more structure happening on the podcast as well. Do you think that crafts also was that a pandemic thing or just like more like scale thing? I think it was a more like scale thing. I think the mm-hmm. pandemic actually threw out into the open. I think podcasting just grew massively, mm-hmm. right, amongst many other categories. But I also feel like that kind of gave I think every host out there a little more impetus because I'm sure it's nice to kind of been to be told that, you know, hey, that was a great episode. Because I think people were just listening with more intent. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying that podcast 
podcast listeners are not like actively listening to this stuff mm. but i think that the lockdown kind of brought to the fore a certain kind of sentiment which i think uh, you know the initial you know whatever couple of months when i think people spent all their time watching stuff to like hey i think this lockdown's going to be on a little longer and you know let's kind of upskill reskill uh, unlearn relearn you know all that kind of stuff and i think you know the fact that we just have such a wide array of shows that help you learn and mm. help you get better at things just obviously like rose to the fore right because i think that the entertainment aspect of it just kind of changed and there was just more learning to do and i think from that perspective uh, you know you know hosts benefited guests benefited content benefited platforms benefited i think everybody just out and out won that do you think video becoming a predominant part now changed how you look at content from producing it even putting it out, like choosing the host choosing the content choosing the idea itself do you think it's changed i don't know yeah. i mean like i would say that I, the way i see the video that we do also i see the video we do as recording the recording mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right i see like especially in the conversation shows right what we're doing is we're just like basically giving people a view into the process of how we are or not the process but the actual recording itself right i think that's how i think of it so i don't think that that would be so much of a fact. actor right mm. having said that one thing has definitely been that we know that this matters we consider this important right mm. and so if you are doing a new show with us we want it to be on video, video as well mm. right and so that i think becomes a filter if somebody is unwilling to do a video show then i don't think we're going to necessarily want to deploy resources fully behind that right because you know i mean like again i guess this is the one show that we can actually talk about this on right like when we think about podcasting right i mean like there are three categories of places where people can consume this content right so category number 1 is youtube mm. shallowest amount of engagement widest audience yeah right i mean like it's a big funnel with like very little engagement crazy funnel yeah uh second is your music apps mm. spotify savan gana before it became this uh, but you know yeah. hangama all of these music apps airtel wink these guys right over here better engagement than what you get on youtube and by engagement i mostly i'm not talking about comments and stuff like that i mean completion rates mm. uh that kind of thing right these would have better engagement better completion rates than youtube would but at the same time not as good as what is the cream mm. apple podcast google podcast pocket cast castbox mm. people are consuming overcast people are consuming on platforms like this mm. these are the people who basically are going to listen to all of your episodes mm. these are the people who are going to follow you deeply who are deeply deeply engaged with your content yeah. but this will also be the smallest number compared to the other platforms yeah. so you know and look at it as like all three kind of have to now start playing together mm. and if we are to be in this business right all parts of the buffalo as they say right we yeah. have to consume it all mm. uh, we have to make sure that we are satisfying people no matter what way you want to consume us i'm glad you said buffalo but i'm not going to like go <laughs> deeper into i said buffalo that. very intentionally <laughs> <laughs> but when i brought up the video part i'll tell you why because when i look at what's happened there was youtube was on a certain track podcasting was on a separate track you know running in your own playgrounds your own tracks in that sense at some point a large number of youtubers decided to become podcasters but for them it became i mean i look at some of the international ones especially there are full featured talk show sets mm-hmm. there is not even like a thing it's they making it they formatting it in almost like okay late night tv for the us is now mm-hmm. podcast and so they changed the way podcasts are done to a certain extent what i kind of feel and then you have podcasters who said okay once again why can't i play that game as well mm-hmm. and so this it's become this weird intermingling of 
of learning from both sides yeah. and i feel the new evolution is is super interesting to look at because it just it changed duration it's changed formatting it's changed hosting styles everything this is why i hate the no next big thing or like <laughs> next, this is honestly this is exactly why i hate that next big thing formulation right yeah. because this is exactly that everything learns from each other hmm. everything co evolves hmm. right this is yes is this what late night tv is going to be now yes yeah. i think this is what late night tv is going to be now nobody is interested in four games and two guests coming in for six minutes right yeah i like jimmy fallon yeah but that's i like all. jimmy fallon even i enjoy that but i mean like i i would say that this if you were to ask me what do i want to watch at 10:30 in the night i'm more likely to pick a longish conversation mm. which has some depth to it which has some which lets me get to know somebody yeah. then the typical late night formulations mm. right uh so yeah no i mean like i think that there is definitely an evolution in terms of how this kind of stuff happens mm. and i think that what we are realizing also there's no right answer here yeah there isn't right i mean like it can because uh, like, all things are working one of the most popular new podcasts out there in the world is a show called no stupid questions mm. video no video only the audio. Yeah. It is hosted by Stephen Dubner and a professor from the University of Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, yeah, Cinderella. And uh it is basically talking about like, you know, they they basically they're making it fun to listen to sociology papers and psychology papers. That's literally what the show is. They are taking sociology papers and psychology papers and making it fun to listen to. I think and that's where I feel the audio only format is still an interesting one to look at. It's not a cut copy paste on the same scale across all shows i feel at some point you got to create separately i'm actually going to ask a question i want to ask each of you to kind of say this that what have you learned from youtube that has changed the way you look at podcasts you know i feel like i think youtube i mean you know it was damn funny right like when we first figured what this massive distribution <sighs> plan for ivm was going to be and you know how we wanted to kind of be in bed with like almost every distributor out there and youtube was just like hey it's a video platform should we even do fake videos hmm. but i thought that there was one aspect of like youtube that made it like more community listening than it was always you know i mean it was an intimate like kind of like form of listening right mm. but the fact that like youtube allows you to kind of a i mean now, now that we are doing video as well so you know that youtube presence like really really works but i feel like there was always a depth in youtube that i think we may not have considered at that point in time because mm. of this whole you know let's be great at audio i also feel like at ivm you know when we started doing video we took our top 10 channels and top 10 you know kind of shows to kind of do this because there was already a familiarity on faces on names that i think that kind of you know then excessively benefited from just being there but i feel like i think there is uh, an audience on youtube that i think is just like growing massively on a very very regular basis and may not really happen that much on music platforms and i think that discoverability is just better yeah. you know yeah. i think that there is so much i'm always going down a rabbit hole not that much on maybe spotify or pocket yeah. cast but you know on youtube because sure. there just is this crazy amounts of stuff and that that there are people that have been there for such a long time that are getting discovered now right mm. so i feel like that discoverability thing is something that no other platform does really as well as youtube does yeah i'll talk about live mm. uh mm, i think live is one of the really really interesting things to me about youtube right i mean like right now we do cyrus live every day mm. uh, at 10am i find that to be really powerful because what we wind up with right is is about 200 people who show up every day mm. uh, and they are there to talk they are there to gossip they are there to bitch at each other they are there to just basically they have a lot of fun on the one hour kind of this right and you know i mean like there's a lot of uh, faff when it comes to community and how mm. we should build community and stuff like that right we've never gone out to deliberately built community but mm. what's wound up happening i think is by 
being present day in and day out, having the right tools, right? The ability for people to participate in this chat. We've mm. seen an interesting community develop over here. Mm. I find that really fascinating, right? And I think that it has to do with regularity. It has to do with the fact that it is 10 a.m. every day, every day, every day, no matter what. I think that is a big part of that. Yeah. And the interesting part is when you look at an audio, and I know this happens when I record the show, right? I, when I do the intros, I'm not recording video for it. Mm-hmm. There's a general body language difference that happens as a host. I have I don't know for me it's like genuinely it's like so and thankfully Jalasmi's never had to see me on video doing my intro because normally I'm talking, I'm talking like this and even on like even if it's on like a zoom call or on stream yard etc but when I'm doing the intros I'm like this I'm like I'm in the mic it's literally like really almost getting into that mode and I feel that brings a certain vibe to the voice it does. which you can't do with video on because hmm. you get so conscious about that whole thing and I've actually tried I've tried to work with the camera on the side maybe that can work and it doesn't work you got to you because you need to go into that mic Sounds very weird when I say it, but no. But I know what you mean. No, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I don't sit like if you see me in the studio, I'm almost always sitting very slouched over and stuff mm. like that. Mm. You see me otherwise in life, I don't sit this slouched. Yeah, yeah, right. But in studio, I'm always kind of like hunched over because I just it just feels more natural for me. To, and also, I talk a lot more softly on mic than I talk off mic. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I don't know if people see that, but when I'm on mic, I'm like soft mm. and I'm trying to be like you know super. I use words which I other words would not use words like fortuitous fortuitous that, that is the word to refer to that is the word but I use words like that right which I otherwise in my normal day to day I don't use those kinds of words right? but it just there is a difference to being on mic and how you are yeah and I feel the interesting part also is the fact that as the vibe has kind of evolved um, has the vibe for brands really evolved to come towards uh, <laughs> podcasting have they kind of got into the mic uh, the math is evolving there hmm. massively yeah. I mean I go for it I'm no no I agree I, yeah I, the I, math I, I is evolving massively I think that it's such a great time to be able to see um, people also trying to figure the math because now the medium has become so engaging mm. and interesting that mm. you know it's just like okay now it's in not just our interest to get this math right but like everybody else's interest to get this yeah. math right so that's actually a really nice place to be in I've been into uh, you know basically worked at too many different verticals across like different media houses and I feel like there comes a little bit of staidness after having done enough of like the math stuff especially television and all and after some time like there is no newness right to that math I think that it's amazing to kind of see that figure its way out it's we're seven years old now and to kind of like figure where that is going to be because also I mean it's not just a flash in the pan math right Mm. it's a math that needs to stick and it's Mm. a math that needs to work and it's a math that people need to really see value in so I guess I'm excited about that yeah so we closed 35 brands last year right Mm. Uh, 35 different brands worked with us on different campaigns in the financial year which ended March 22 this year we're hoping to double that Mm. Uh, so I mean like uh, I think we're starting to see that we're Mm. starting to see more and more brands come on board we're starting to see more activities yeah this has been a tough year tougher than what you would want Uh, I mean like you know startup funding is frozen so it has been a little challenging because podcasting also is the kind of medium that appeals to startups and so things have been a little challenging but at the same time we've closed SBI we've closed HDFC mutual fund we've closed Bank of Baroda for a second prize we've done stuff with Kotak we've done Bumble we've got we've got a bunch of great brands on Mm. So, I mean, like, you know, is it where I want it to be? No, but I don't think that even if like a thousand brands at close, <laughs> I don't think it would be where I want it to be. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, generally positive, but uh, there's a lot of work to be. Uh, there's a lot of work ahead of us. Yeah, there's a question on that, right? And there was a point of time when the metrics and the data was really 
the big question for brands um they said okay i understand video metrics understand youtube instagram etc metrics um do i compare them because it, i don't necessarily feel you can compare them it's not apples to apples but that's how they all looked at it mm-hmm. has that been the big change has been the fact that okay a you can't look at it the same way you understand the depth has the way you've had to kind of sell it has kind of had change and go this is not that it gives you more depth but so, so i would say there are a bunch of things mm. that are playing into it right there is the understanding that podcasting cpms are universally high across the world our sales team has done a great job on talking to brands about this and showing them examples of what they see in the other parts of the world right mm. and so brands are starting to understand that podcast cpms are generally higher I think there are a few challenges especially when it comes to uh, authenticated delivery mm-hmm. which is something that you can see much more easily on YouTube or you can see much more easily on a text platform mm-hmm. or a streaming platform like Sauvan or Gana or Spotify mm-hmm. right whereas podcasting technically is the kind of platform that depends on file download so basically mm-hmm. what happens is that an audio file is downloaded to the listener's device finally now the IAB standard around that is what all of these hosts maintain but that still means that there is there's still a gap there's no 100% coverage if somebody downloads this podcast does not mean that that person has heard that podcast it's not 100% coverage yet mm-hmm. and that is the gap that you know exists in this space i mm-hmm. mean like and there's nothing i can do about it mm-hmm. the way the tech is developed the way the tech has been pushed this is a gap that exists now having said all of that there are things that we are doing to kind of help So there is the whole you know SSP DSP ecosystem. Mm. We are starting to work with significant numbers of SSPs over the next couple of months. We just started it. Mm. Uh once that starts happening we are hoping to see more things happening uh via our DSP that we're working with. We are starting to I, I'm sorry is this too technical? I'm guessing not for an advertising I mean, is that audience. No no there is uh, some parts they'll get some parts they'll google it. Okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> uh when it comes to the DSPs and stuff like that we're setting up our own campaigns and the CPM rates that make us comfortable because one of the problems with the existing campaigns that are out there are they are all designed for music mm. and music cpms are much much lower than podcasting cpms right so i feel good about where we are from a general brand awareness perspective i feel good about where we are from a technical perspective being able to kind of bridge the gaps that exist right now but again there is a lot of work ahead of us mm. and i feel also the the work is also in terms to really like i don't think innovation is really the 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 problem i feel at some point it's also it's looking at audio and looking at podcasting by itself as well and seeing how can you really kind of make this such a interesting experience right because now you have the audio experience or the video one you could create almost like a multi platform visual but only audio kind of a thing there and when i'm looking at international i'm seeing so many more shows still coming out which are only audio mm-hmm. which i find super intriguing because you're seeing stuff in the in the us which is especially fiction and i feel fiction is that bastion of audio mm-hmm. only in many ways because i think of the budget difference of having to do a fiction show versus mm-hmm. uh, and video versus audio how is the fiction part really evolved especially with i mean just from an audience perspective and in general scale perspective <laughs> okay yeah i guess i'll answer this too so in india fiction so there are a couple of uh, so there are two things to think mm. of here right so at ivm we've done a little bit of fiction we're planning to do a lot more uh we're doing fiction for a few of our partners mm. uh we are kind of producing high end fiction for mm. in the radio sty- radio play style mm. 
Uh, having said that, like in the last three years, there are three or four platforms that have done really well in India mm. on the audio side: Pocket FM, Cuckoo FM, Pratilipi FM, which is our sister uh, concern, and uh, Headphone to an extent. All of them have done really kind of interesting stuff in the yeah. fiction space. They're all more in the audiobook kind of space than yeah. they are in the dramatized fiction kind of yeah. space, right? But I think that it's a really, really interesting space because the kinds of numbers that they are seeing mm. are honestly quite impressive. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'd love to kind of see more or one of the challenges that we have with IBM right is mm. that we are not a streaming platform all of them are streaming platforms Yeah. so the amount of data like you know the gap that we were talking about earlier right between download and consumption and basically not just download consumption but also what percentage of consumption has occurred right so have you consumed the 100% episode or have you consumed 80 or 70 or 60 this is in a dark zone for us right whereas yeah. in the streaming platforms it's not so they're able to make quick decisions around content right I think if we look at uh, and this is very this plays out very much in what happens in China as well, right? So uh, Zimalayan, which is the big Chinese platform, is similar to any of these companies, right? A bunch of fiction, a bunch of nonfiction, but it's all in this kind of way. The US is playing out very differently. There is a significant amount of fiction being created in the US as mm. well, but it is more in the radio play style of things mm. than it is in the uh, audiobook style of things. Yeah. The other thing is that most fiction in the US is being created as a precursor to trying to sell a video project. Yeah, you sell the podcast, and the podcast gets a deal to convert that into a show. Into a show. That's the model over there. That's the model we're looking at for IVM, mm. where we are looking at more of either we'll do production for external parties, which is, you know, it's cash, and why would you say no to cash? Mm. But the other thing that we would do is we would uh, start looking at this as audio shows to be created, mm. and then see if these IPs can be extended into full-fledged, high-budget video projects. Mm. I feel that's the most interesting aspect which I feel is, is early to kind of tap into is the fact that there is I don't think there has been a deal like that in India yet, right? Has there been a show from a podcast that's been made into? Because I know I, I know a ton of examples in the US. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, it's really funny about Ponyin Selvan. Oh. You know, we've had Ponyin Selvan since 2016, only 2017, <laughs> that's true, right? That's like, true. it'll be damn funny. Everybody was like, wow, this new Maniratnam film looks great. It has like Ashwarya Rai and this. And then, you know, it's just basically like, yeah, but actually, I think IBM's been doing. And again, you know, nobody <laughs> knew now this is a folktale out of copyright that yeah. anybody can do things with or whatever. And yeah. that's why then, and of course, we actually have. Uh, Kavita Jeeva who hosts that show fantastically right and that's really our top of the like rack in a way that I mm. feel in and she's been that like from day one so I feel like from a fiction slate perspective I think we've always had great fiction I mean from a top five mm -hmm. perspective at IBM right but uh, yeah I mean you know at the end of it all like I feel like the movie and, and podcast thing will probably like happen which I think that in we've got a couple of so not uh, fiction projects but we have a couple of non-fiction projects out in the world mm. Hoping that a couple converted, of them, yeah. they convert it to like actual this, but reality show formats based on shows that we've been working on. And books are something we're doing as well. Yeah. Uh, and that we should hopefully see our first couple of books come out in the first quarter next year. Nice. So that's definitely happening. So it brings me to the opportune question considering you said that is for both of you, what is most exciting for you in this space looking ahead? Growth. Yeah, More man. growth. <laughs> no, I, again, I mean, like, if you look at podcasting as a analog to talk radio in other parts of the world, there need to be 350 million to 500 million people listening to podcasts in India. Mm. We don't even have 50. Right. It's a long way to go. It's a long way to go. Yeah. So that's why, I, like, I so again, like, you know, as much as we talk about, like, you know, this is getting done and we're seeing excitement and we're seeing <laughs> traction and this and that and all of that, it's still scratching the surface. You know, there are a bunch more things to talk about, but I know we're going to leave that for next version. 
unless you guys have any finishing points to give here because the next version i'm going to actually throw this uh, can, can i can i put a teaser in for your next version yes yes <laughs> okay yes. so in the next version or in the next part of this next episode right. we are going to answer the question is advertising dead yes we should we should we should actually answer that question uh, there's a lot to be spoken about on that one but for that you guys have to come back for the next one if you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this head over to the ibm podcast website or app or where you get your podcast from and look at all the podcasts that ibm makes there's some really fun stuff there